At first, it sounded like a low humming in the distance. Then it grew louder and closer. A lone plane's engines droned in the night sky. It was coming their way, making Jean's heart thump wildly. Was this a friendly aircraft or an enemy? And then she knew the answer, as a booming explosion sounded only a few streets away. This is The Miracle Files. I'm Emily Jones. And I'm Holly Worthington. We're two sisters who love a captivating true story, but we're also seeking more light in our lives. So we're on a mission to find and share unforgettable, uplifting stories of God's miracles. We hope you'll join us on this journey. All right, so today we're going to share a story that's a little more personal to us. This is a story our grandfather actually used to share all over the place. He would speak at different locations to different audiences. And it's fun to bring this story to a whole new audience because I'm sure our listeners have never heard this story. Yeah, and we thought this would be a really great story to share this month because celebrating Valentine's Day, you often think of these amazing love stories. And to us, one of the great love stories that we have witnessed is our grandparents. And a little background about them. Our grandparents were from England, and our grandpa fought with the British Navy during World War II. And it's interesting that he eventually lost his accent, but our grandmother never did. Yeah. And just a little side story before we get to the real story. My grandmother used to tell me bedtime stories. And one time I asked my mom to tell me the same story that grandma told me about the girl who couldn't go to the bathroom. (laughs) And mom said, what kind of story is this that grandma's telling you? (laughs) And finally, when we were at grandma's house at some point, she heard grandma telling me the story of Cinderella and how her wicked stepsisters would not let her go to the party. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So to just give you a little glimpse of our childhood, what it was like growing up with our grandparents. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we had awesome grandparents. They're they're fun. (laughs) Anyway, so we'll get into the story, but we're really excited to bring this story to everyone today. The year was 1941. Newlyweds Tom and Jean Harris lived in the port town of Plymouth, England, where Tom was stationed in the Navy. One evening, they strolled down the narrow cobblestone streets of Plymouth along the seashore. Then, in the distance, it appeared that fairy lights were dancing all over the hillside. While Tom and Jean are no longer with us to describe the events of that night, here's their son, Jay Harris, Describing the scene, his parents explained to him. Well, this wasn't fairy lights at all. This was a bombing raid by the Germans. The Germans had decided to have a blitzkrieg and bomb England, and that particular night they had picked Plymouth as the place to drop their bombs. A siren wailed in the distance. Tom and Jean knew what that meant. Blitzkrieg a war strategy meant to strike fear into the hearts of the British. And it did just that. The piercing whine of the siren had become familiar to the residents of Plymouth as of late. 
The siren alerted the quiet community that German planes were on their way, stocked with bombs and ready to set ablaze the British countryside. These bombs were not ordinary bombs. They were called incendiary bombs, and they had a chemical inside of them so that when they hit, they would explode and spray this chemical all over, so then the chemical would catch on fire, so that fire was included in the explosion of the bomb. Many homes were burned because of those bombs. Tom and Jean must have felt a wave of fear wash over them that night. They knew the Germans took no care to avoid targeting civilians. Hitler's orders were clear. Launch an all-out blitz on Britain and cause as much damage as possible. Blitzkrieg means lightning war. The whole point was to destroy England's morale, to weaken them, to prepare them for Hitler's invasion. With the air raid sirens still wailing, Jean knew she needed to hurry home to the bomb shelter. Tom, on the other hand, had to report for duty. Here's Tom and Jean's daughter-in-law, Trudy Harris. Besides being in the Navy, he was also a volunteer fireman. They didn't have enough professional firemen because they had so many bombs going off at night that during that time period, one night alone, about 35,000 bombs land on Plymouth. So as soon as the sirens go off, everybody would head for the fires and pitch in together and put them out. Tom rushed Jean home, made sure she was safe in the air raid shelter, and then hurried to join the local firefighting team. The flames climbed high into the night, creating heat that could be felt all around. Houses close together with roofs made of extremely flammable material allowed the flames to jump and spread from home to home. Jean sat on a cold, hard bench in the cramped, cave-like area they'd dug out in their garden. She heard the hums of several aircraft flying overhead and occasional explosions from the Germans' assault. She waited helplessly for hours, pleading with God to protect her husband. Finally, she could stand it no more. She had to see for herself that her husband was safe, and she ran out of the shelter as bombs rained from the sky. Tom, blackened with soot and weak with exhaustion, found himself in a desperate situation. He came face to face with an undetonated bomb, lodged in the closet of a home. As he tried to figure out what to do, he glanced up at the open door to the home, only to see a sight that frightened him even more than the bomb. There, with flames shooting up to the sky, with shrapnel falling all around, stood his wife staring back at him. And while he was out in this home, my dad turned around and here was my mom. And he said, what are you doing? She didn't have on a helmet or didn't have any kind of protection. And he said, you can't be here. You need to go back to the bomb shelter. Knowing her husband was at least safe for the moment, Jean disappeared into the darkness. Tom could only hope and pray that she would get home safely. So my mom went back to the bomb shelter and my dad continued fighting the fires until a bomb exploded on the water main. And uh, when the water main was destroyed, they could no longer fight the fires. Tom joined Jean in the air raid shelter as Plymouth continued to be pummeled with bomb after bomb after bomb. It was a very long night. Finally, the commotion above ground gave way to silence. 
As the first light of dawn appeared, the all-clear siren sounded, letting the residents of Plymouth know it was safe for them to return to their homes, at least those who still had homes to return to. For most of that night, my mom sat on this hard bench all by herself in this dark, cramped bomb shelter. The all-clear siren had sounded, and they were so glad to hear that, and so they decided to go up to their bedroom to catch whatever remaining sleep they could for that night. They were both so excited to finally be able to go to bed. They were exhausted. As Tom and Jean emerged from their bunker, they were relieved to see that their home had remained untouched by bombs or fire. When they went up to the bedroom, they got ready for bed and said their prayers and were about to climb into bed, and suddenly my mom said, Tom, I have a feeling we need to go back to the bomb shelter. I'm sure he was thinking, why? Why would we go back to the bomb shelter? The all-clear siren has sounded, and we're safe. Why would we go back? But my dad had always said that he was too newly married to argue, so he agreed to follow her down the garden path back down to the air raid shelter. Sitting on the bench, Tom and Jean waited. For what? Why had Jean felt so strongly that they should return to the shelter? And that's when they heard it. Within moments of entering the bunker, Tom and Jean heard a low, buzzing sound in the distance. And as they sat there, they heard in the distance a plane engine. They didn't know whether the plane was one of their own. That was not uncommon because their own airplanes would go up and fight the Germans. Or if this was a German airplane. It turned out to be a single German bomber. And the bomber dropped five bombs consecutively. They could hear the bombs getting closer and closer as the bombs dropped. The fifth and final bomb landed on their front porch. An ear-shattering boom shook the ground where Tom and Jean sat. It sounded as if two freight trains had collided above them. When they finally dared leave the air raid shelter, they were met with a startling sight. For streets around, windows were shattered. The front of their home was blown away. They had French windows in their bedroom and those French windows were shattered and powdered. It was a moment Tom and Jean would never forget, one they would reflect back on for the rest of their lives. Standing there, surveying the absolute devastation around them, one thing was clear. Jean's feelings, her prompting to go back to the air raid shelter, was not only inspired, but had saved their lives. If they would have stayed in their bed, they would have been cut to ribbons. Instead, they were safe down in the bomb shelter when that bomb exploded. I asked mom one time how she knew that they should go back to the bomb shelter. And she said, there have been a few times in my life when I have been absolutely certain that the Holy Ghost was guiding me. And this was one of those times. 
Plymouth remained one of the most bombed cities in Britain during the Second World War. Nearly 1,200 people died, and over 4,000 more were injured. Around 22,000 Plymouth homes were damaged or destroyed during the attacks that took place between 1940 and 1944. Tom and Jean credit their survival to one thing only, listening to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Had they not followed the promptings of the Holy Ghost, they would have been killed. And I wouldn't be here. Our family wouldn't be here. They knew that Heavenly Father was aware of them personally. And I think that after that, Dad always trusted Mom's wisdom. <laughs> All right, Holly, what are your thoughts? Well, as I think about this story... I can't even imagine what it would be like to be young newlyweds and to be going through all of that. I mean, the people that lived through World War II, people that live through war today even, I mean, it's got to be so hard to try and go about your normal life in the midst of all that chaos. I thought that the first month of my marriage was hard and we were just doing yard work. So (laughs) I can't even imagine trying to go through war. It would be so hard sending your husband off to war, not knowing if he's coming home. Mom actually shared something with us that I thought was really poignant. Let's share that. Okay. Grandma said one thing to me that I thought was pretty impressive. She said, some people get annoyed when their husbands snore. She said, whenever she heard her husband snoring, it was the most beautiful sound ever because she knew he was safe and he was asleep next to her. For so many years, she didn't know if he was alive or dead when she went to sleep at night. That really does put things into perspective, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, this wasn't just a single event that happened. This was their life at the time. And just a few years later, our grandpa was part of the D-Day Allied invasion on Normandy. And he survived that too. And there were a lot of people that were killed. And I'm sure there were a lot of good people that were killed. Yeah. And we really just can't take for granted the miracles that our family received. And Mm -hmm. this was just one of many. Exactly. No, it's just sometimes you need to hear stories like this to just help you remember what really matters. Yeah. If you have family and faith, you can get through just about anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for our grandparents for teaching us that. Speaking of our British grandparents, I have to tell you what I got my husband for Valentine's Day this year. Ooh, what's that? (laughs) It's so ridiculous. But when we went to England last year, Blake loved the sausage rolls at Greg's gas stations. And he talks about them nonstop. (laughs) So I found online a notebook that says on the cover, I love you more than Greg's sausage rolls. (laughs) (laughs) How did you find that? I don't even know how I found it. But and then I also found a sausage roll maker so that we can make our own sausage rolls here in the United States. Oh, Oh, man, now I'm feeling a lot of pressure for what I should get Christian. I haven't even thought about it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's sweet. Well, we just want to thank our parents for being willing to share this story with us and also for our grandparents, even though they're gone. We do want to thank them for the legacy that they left for us. Yes, for sure. They were wonderful people, and it's our privilege to be able to share their history with others. Yeah. 
Thank you for joining us. If you have a miracle to share, contact us at themiraclefiles.com or find us on Facebook. We'll post new episodes on the first day of each month. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it and leave us a review. Join us next time as we discover more of God's miracles. And don't forget to look for His light in your own lives. If you'd like to support us on Patreon so we can produce more episodes like this, go to patreon.com forward slash The Miracle Files. You'll get exclusive access to photos, videos, articles, and other content you won't find anywhere else. We'll also have live chats and we'd love to interact with you there. Thank you so much for your support.